0: Good day and welcome back to Gathered by the Ghostlight, original stories for radio theater. I'm Jonathan Cook, your host, producer, and sometimes voice actor on this thing. And here we are with episode number 36. If you would please take your seat, the show is about to begin. Today's story was written by playwright Jacqueline Priscorn. It's called Off Center and takes place in an art museum. You are about to meet Melody, an eccentric older lady who is currently admiring her favorite painting at the museum. It's a completely black canvas with a small white dot painted slightly off-center. It's closing time and the new security guard is making her rounds and clearing people out. But before Melody leaves, she will give a lesson on life, art, and living while you can still appreciate the beauty in life. Now, gather around the ghost light, sit back and enjoy. This is Off-Center. Written by Jacqueline Priscorn, And be sure to stick around after the story to hear an interview with this writer. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, the museum will be closing in ten minutes. Please make your way to the exit through the gift shop.
1: Ma'am? The museum will be closing soon. I'm... Are you?
2: Would you like some mac and cheese? You can't be... With ketchup? I only have one fork, but we could share. I'm sorry, I can't... You can't eat that in here. You're new, aren't you? No. You are. I know all the security guards here. You're new. I've worked here for... You can't eat
1: that in here, ma'am.
2: Maybe you're not new to the museum, but you're new to this part of the museum, at least. I know. Do you also know the museum closes in seven minutes?
1: You're going to have to take your food. I've been
2: coming here since,
1: uh,
2: Oh, who knows? But this is my favorite spot. Do you have a favorite spot?
1: I really need you to take your... You're
2: new here. I can tell. Hey, Melody. Great to see you again. You too. Marco. Oh, yes. I remember now. Of course I remember you. Uh, Marco. Yes. I see you've met
3: Lindsay. Bet you're glad to be out of archive duty and up amongst the people, huh, Lindsay? How are you two getting on? She shouldn't be eating in here, Marco. Oh, she's fine. I'm fine. It's mac and cheese with ketchup. Oh, yum. Hey, Melody, I'll swing by before we close, okay? Fine, fine. Wait, Marco. Oh, Linz, do me a favor. Keep an eye on her, would you? She wouldn't be any trouble. She rarely is. I'll be right back. I need to make sure those shady-looking teenagers left, and then I need to make a quick phone call. But what about She's fine? I'm fine. Just hang out with her. Chat with her. I'll be right back.
2: I'll try and save you a couple of bites.
3: You're an angel, Melody.
2: It bugs you, doesn't it? Yes. No. What? It's okay. It bugs me, too. But I think that's the point. Wait. What's the point? I can't look at it for very long. But I love it for some reason. Are we talking about the painting? I mean, the artist must have put that dot just off-center for a reason. But trying to figure out why? Darn near impossible, am I right? I try not to think too much about it. Exactly, me too. Are you new here? I'd feel a lot better if you'd put your food away. What's the matter?
1: You have food. In an
2: art gallery. You seem tense.
1: I am tense. You're squirting ketchup near the priceless works of art. No one is
2: squirting anything. Maybe you should sit down. Are you hungry? I'm not hungry. Look, as soon as Marco gets back, you're going to have to leave, so... Marco who? The security guard who was just here? Of course. I know everyone who works here, you know. Yes. But not you. You're new. Yes, you're new to me, too. Lovely! Sit down. Let's get to know one another. Hungry? I could open the wine. Oh,
1: please, don't open the wine. Oh,
2: are you the... Orman? What? What? Takes all kinds. You know, I used to live in Waco. Not in that cult, but I may as well have when I tell people I'm from Waco. I went to school in Austin. Did you now? Sit. Sit. Tell you what,
1: I'll sit for a moment, but only if you let me hold that macaroni and cheese.
2: I could tell you were hungry. Here you go.
1: Thank you. I'm just gonna place it on the floor, right here, for now. Away from all the paintings, okay?
2: So what brings you here? My husband worked in the auto industry. For me, the move was inevitable, really. Oh, I'm from here. Just went to school in Texas.
1: Just needed a change for a while.
2: Texas is a long way to go to find change. Me? I'd take a walk.
1: That would have definitely been cheaper for me. Oh? You know, typical art school dropout story.
2: Oh, you're an artist? I should have known!
1: failed artist. I dropped out of school. Became a security guard. No art in that.
2: Ah. An artist is always an artist, whether they get a fancy degree or not. I just wasn't any good. Any good? Did you see the picture behind us? I could have dumped my lunch on the canvas, smeared it around, and made something more creative. Please, don't do that. Just a single dot on a black canvas. You telling me you couldn't paint a dot on a black canvas... This isn't a museum, for heaven's sake.
1: Yeah, but it's more than a dot on a canvas, isn't it? Is it? Well, look. The artist put this little speck of light in a sea of darkness. But the interesting part, like you said before, is that it's not quite center. That would have been too easy. No, the artist put it just close enough to the center that it makes your brain work a little harder to process it. It feels easy on the surface, but it's really kind of a...
2: Creative workout. Ha! Spoken like a true artist. Meh. Nah. No, really? I come here all the time. I'm drawn to that piece, but it also upsets me a little. I just can't articulate why. You, my friend, speak like an artist. I don't think oh, so. Oh, suck it up, Nancy. Uh, my name is Lynn. I know what your name is. Look, the only thing keeping you from being an artist is you. Quit farting around and make your damn art before it's too late. Wow. Sorry. I mean, it's bad enough. The government wants to kill art. I can't sit idly by and watch an artist kill it themselves.
3: Hey, Melody, your ride is here.
2: My ride?
3: Yep. He's waiting
2: right over there. Oh, isn't that lovely?
0: Hey, Miss Melody.
2: Hello. Hello. Thank you both so much. You've been so kind. Come back again soon. Can... Can I give you a hug? Oh, aren't you sweet? Well, of course you can. Oh, come here.
3: Mm. Oh,
2: cheer up. Look at all the beautiful art around you.
3: You're so right. So, so right. Have a good evening, Melody. Goodbye.
1: You okay, Marco? How was she? Feisty. She called me Nancy. <laughs>
3: That's great. Last time she was here, she just cried. Who is she? Melody Horowitz. She was our biggest angel investor. Single-handedly kept this place open during the budget crisis three years ago. Wow. Yeah, wow. That woman saved all our jobs. She must love art. Oh, yeah. Taught me everything I know about art, actually. She started the art therapy program that they have here on the weekends, you know?
1: She's that Melody?
3: That's her. You see that painting behind you? The one with a white dot? She painted that in her art therapy class, the year they diagnosed her with dementia. She did? Yep. So the museum board decided to hang it here, in her favorite spot. Maybe to help her remember. She thought it was hilarious at the time. We were just starting to get close when... I mean, she was supposed to teach me to paint, but... Well... It's good to see her now and then anyway. And sometimes she remembers things. Sometimes, hey, thanks for keeping an eye on her while I called her nephew to come get her.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you bet. Uh,
3: What's that on the floor? Is that macaroni and cheese covered in ketchup? It's art.
0: That was Off Center, written by Jacqueline Priscorn. It was performed by Marion Thibodeau as Lindsay, Christy Ruzma as Melody, and Wes Hinnings as Marco. All right, so with me now is the writer of the story you just heard. She is a published playwright and screenwriter, her plays have been produced in theaters all around the world, and she wrote the feature film Love and Plutonium, which is currently available on Amazon Prime. She's also a voiceover artist and a member of Actors Equity, having been featured in many films and commercials over the years. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jacqueline Priscorn. How are you?
4: Great. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Now, you've had quite the creative journey over the years. Uh, you're a writer of plays and films. You're an actress, and you also do voiceover work. Uh, there's probably even people listening right now that would recognize your face if they saw you just from the nationwide commercials you've done. Um, <laughs> and you're very active when it comes to creating art and performing. So could you fill us in on your origin story and how you kind of got your start in the biz, as they say?
4: Um, I feel like I've always been somewhat of the weird creative kid. Like at recess, I was never on the swings of the slides. <laughs> Did not want to fight for the dominance of the, the swing area, you know, so I was usually in the corner either reading or creating stories and then at show and tell, we, my, my friends and I would perform a story that I created sometimes, sometimes we were just doing Alvin and the Chipmunks or whatever, but um And uh, as an actor, my parents put me in acting classes because I kind of came off as a snotty little brat as a child because I was terrified of people. So people would go, hello, little girl, what's your name? And I'd say, mother, what's my name? Instead of speaking to the person, (laughs) mom, you handle this. But I would come off as a a four-year-old saying "Mother, what's my name?" And that voice would freak people out. So she's like, "All right, you got to figure out how to deal with people, even if you're not yourself. Be a character, whatever you have to do." And so usually, when people meet me, they're a little, "What is that person?" <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, so creating characters, either live or on paper, that's been my life. Well, my nice.
0: Life. I mean, it sounds like you followed the advice of the character in your play, Melody. Because um, you know you didn't sit around and wait; you kind of pursued your passion, <laughs> and you you continue doing so. So let's talk about this play. It's called Off Center. From what I understand, you wrote it about six years ago, and since then has had a hefty production history at theaters, universities, and high schools all over the place. Uh, obviously, it's a play that speaks to people, and it's a play they connect with. Uh, do you have any background insight that you could give us on how you? came up with the story or, or why you came up with this story.
4: Yeah. I, um, my, my grandma kind of went through a little and I don't think she had dementia or Alzheimer's. I think she just got to a point where she, when she was confused, um, because things were changing very quickly in her life. But then my sister-in-law's mother, she definitely had dementia, but she was always such a patron of the arts and such a positive person that never changed she could she would not recognize me when she saw me but they would say that's Jackie she's the actor in the family and she'd always grab my both of my hands and say do keep in touch tell us when we can come see you in a show and mm-hmm. she was just so sweet and positive all the time even when she had no idea who anybody was around her and it was just kind of inspiring you know because some people When they lose their memories, their faculties, they lash out, they get angry, but she was just so pleasant and you wouldn't know that she was going through that. And it it just really, I wanted to write a story about an artist who lost their ability to know who they were, but were still an artist deep down inside And that's, I think, where Off-Center came from. And I did write it for a playwriting competition that it was not selected for. (laughs) And the competition was um, the location had to be in an art gallery. So that guided that, too. And that's where we got Off-Center.
0: You know, it's funny you say that. There's a lot of playwrights that have have had plays produced on this podcast. And they usually tell me that. You're like, yeah, I wrote it for this competition because they were looking for this kind of story. It didn't get selected for that, but what what did happen is all these other theaters wanted to do it, (laughs) and And, that's just. But that's the
4: beauty of it too. That's why I say, like every time you see a competition, if you're inspired to write for it, do it. Even if it doesn't get selected, it's there. It exists, and you can keep sending it out other places. And Off Center got itself published out of all things too because of that. And it wasn't selected for the competition it was written for, but boy, did it get a life and yay, you know, that do your art, as Melody says.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I can imagine, because I'm, I've noticed in the production history that I saw, there's a lot of universities and high schools, and that I'm sure that's a message that really resonates with them, to just, you know, have the passion, go out, do your thing, um, don't yeah. just sit around and wait for it. I'm
4: spending my money on my tuition for the art, I may as well do it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. uh, now, you being a, a screenwriter and a playwright... Uh, one of the biggest differences in getting these kinds of work out there that I've noticed is that when you make a film, for the most part, you know, you write the screenplay, it gets filmed, and then that's it. You know, the performances, the nuances, the camera angles, everything gets filmed and is sealed into a tidy, ongoing presentation. But with a play, every time a theater does it, it can be a little bit different. You know, there's different actors, different director, different staging. And so in a way, a a play script is kind of like a living document because you can make your own revisions at any point, you know, for the next theater. Uh, And I'm I'm curious, uh, do do you find yourself doing that sometimes? Like the original version of this play, is it the exact same that you have today? Or have you done some wordsmithing along the way? Have you added in extra actions or anything?
4: This play, no, I don't feel like I have. But other plays, yes. Um... But for the most part, and as a writer myself, especially for the theater, I like to write vague. I like to leave it so that the whole artistic team gets to put their own stamp on the production. So it is different every time I see it, which makes it, you know not just mine, it's everybody's, you know, it's not just my art. Once I give it to you, it's yours too. And that's one of my favorite things to do is watch how different it can be. So this particular play is not really that kind of play like I write, but a lot of my plays, people are like, what did that mean? And I'll say, what did it mean to you? (laughs) That's more important than what it meant to me. So,
0: Yeah. And for those listening, um, this place actually has a production coming up in Connecticut, in November. It's being performed by the Orange Players. Um, people are probably starting to catch on to a theme because the previous two episodes <laughs> that I released, A Benevolent Alliance of Mourners by Ken Proust and A Perfect Two by Guy Newsham, they're going to be in that same festival. Um, so I, I kind of did it on purpose. just us get all three of you guys back to back so that, you know, people can hear the audio version. And then, you know, if you like those episodes, you want to see them performed on stage, the next performance is in orange connecticut in november
4: and it looks like a really good lineup of plays too i mean good choice picking oh yeah (laughs) that that festival Mm
0: -hmm. uh so for people out there that you know might be interested in getting to writing uh do you have any advice you could throw their way to give a head start
4: i say read plays read plays see plays be in plays work on plays The more you get involved, the more it comes to you, I think. Um, Don't just say, I'm going to do it. Do it. Do all the aspects. I mean, I learned from stage managing. I learned from directing. Those are two things I probably will never do again because they're so difficult. But I've learned from them. I've learned as a writer what I, I can do to make things easier for a director or a stage manager or... And I still make things very difficult for the props peoples. I apologize for props masters. <laughs> I'm a terrible writer for props people. But um, yeah, just do everything you can. Get involved in any theater company you can and do it.
0: So what else do you have coming up other than in Connecticut in November? Like where can people see your next play in a theater near them?
4: Actually, I am about to hit the road and go to Elgin, Illinois, to the Memorium Development um, Horror Festival to see my play Delete, which opens on September 30th and runs for two weekends out there. I've been working pretty hard on expanding my play Barnwood and Blue Roses from a one act, which was um, commissioned by Clay County High School in Kentucky. And they used it as their one act competition piece for the Thespian Festival, and they became chapter select and took it to the International Thespian Festival, which got stage partners to say, hey, we'd like to publish that. And I said, what if it were a full length? hmm?" So now I'm working on the full length version as well. Um, And uh, I think, oh, there's another show in October in uh, Tampa, Florida. They're doing my, one of the first plays I ever wrote, actually. It's just a two-hander called The Monster. And uh, it's all on New Play Exchange. If you click through there, you want to read it.
0: <laughs> um, now, where are you based out of? What state?
4: I'm in Michigan.
0: Oh, so are you going to make it to the uh, Connecticut show, by any chance, in November?
4: i don't think so. Connecticut is a little bit further for me than uh, Elgin, Illinois is. Elgin, right. Illinois, just jump in the Subaru and drive on down <laughs> a few hours. But uh, I don't know if I can make it to Connecticut. I I want to, but the rumor has is that, that it might be actually on um, online as well. They might be taping oh, it. Okay. Is it? That's the rumor. So then you have a permanent record of it.
0: Uh, And are you currently acting in anything? Or do you got any gigs coming up you'll be working on that people can Um, look out for?
4: I do a little this, a little that. Most of my work has been in my uh, home studio voiceover booth. I just did a voiceover today for Subaru. Nice. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So if you go to the Subaru website, any of the female voiceovers you hear are usually me. And if you own a Subaru and your Subaru emails you and says, um, hey, change the windshield wiper fluid. Here's a video how. It's me.
0: (laughs) All right. Check that out.
4: So most of mine are like boring technical voiceovers, but I have a couple of video games out right now too. Um, Winter Ember. I have a bunch of NPC cl- players in that and another one called Phantom Galaxies. So when you choose your wingman, please choose Charlene. That's me or hang out in the cafeteria with Marlene. That's also me.
0: Nice. Now, are these uh, computer games or are they on the consoles that people can They're buy? on
4: Steam, Xbox, PlayStation. They're available pretty much anywhere you do your gaming, which I don't. I'm not really a gamer. <laughs>
0: oh, come on, you do the voices. You should get on the voices, there and, and interact with I get yourself. i so
4: nervous. It's like, I'm going to die. And then when I died, I'm like, oh, I'm still here. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, what were the, I want to, because I'm a gamer. What were the names of these games again? I'm going to look them up.
4: Winter Ember. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Thief. That one's kind of like Thief where like it's mystery and solving a puzzle and stuff like that and solving a murder. Um, and then the other one's called Phantom Galaxies.
0: All right. I'm going to check those out. Now let's talk about your voiceover work because um, maybe on a future episode, since you could record remotely, you know, if <gasps> I don't know, maybe you should be, you should voice a character in one of these plays one day that I put out. I mean,
1: I would love that. Hey,
0: if we can make it work, let's do it. I mean, uh, you, yeah. you know, send me some of your recordings. I'll see if they match up and um, I've done it with remote actors before. So let's, uh, let's that give would that a be shot. So fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: Oh, and if you're in India and you watch Cartoon Network, I am in Stanley's last animated series um called chakra the invincible i play mighty girl
0: (laughs) nice you you you, you voiced the characters on that animated show too
4: yeah it's uh, stanley's last animated show but it only airs on cartoon network in india which is so sad
0: so with that were you able to just record at home
4: no but i did record it at somebody (laughs) else's home which was funny (laughs) um it was a, somebody's uh, basement studio and we just showed up and recorded and then they sent it off to the animators because i was the english version so oh, they have the gotcha. hindu version and the other language versions and so we did the english version here in michigan there's tons of work here surprise surprise
0: that is <laughs> awesome all right so where can people find you what is your website and are you active on social media do you have social media pages
4: I do. Um, My website is JackieFloyd.com. And you have to spell it right. J-A-C-Q-U-I-E-F-L-O-Y-D, like Pink Floyd. And uh, Twitter at Jackie J. Floyd. Facebook, look up Jackie Floyd. You'll find
0: me. Uh, All right. So thanks for being here. Uh, Keep writing. Keep acting, uh, you know, let's get let's, let's regroup on this voiceover, voice acting thing, because I would definitely love to get you in a future episode um, and just keep doing all that cool stuff you do. And hopefully we can collaborate again in the future with another one of your plays.
4: Yay. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm so happy to be here and to have met you virtually.
0: <laughs> all right. Thank you, Jackie.
4: <laughs> Thanks, Josh.
0: Thank you all for listening. And if you are associated with a theater and you would like to produce the play you heard today on your stage, please send an email to gatheredbytheghostlight at gmail.com or contact the playwright directly through her website, jackiefloyd.com. This program is supported in part by the Greater Augusta Arts Council through a grant from its partner agency, the National Endowment for the Arts. Intro and outro music, as always, is provided by artist JK47. Additional featured music was provided by artist Exist Strategy. And if you enjoy this podcast, maybe you're a longtime listener, or maybe this is the first episode you've ever heard. Let us know. Please leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And also be sure to follow Gather by the Ghostlight on social media to stay up to date on new episodes. I'm Jonathan Cook, and as always, stay safe, and I'll see you next time we gather by the Ghostlight.